The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, I wanted to switch gears for a short time. It was a, an interesting article uh, that I was reading over the weekend that really kind of put names and, and faces to um, many of the Albertans who have uh, passed away from COVID-19. We now know that more than 1,000 Albertans have died uh, from COVID and while it's pretty tough to put together a comprehensive list of names and photos because of privacy rules, of course, um, what we do know is that many people are are grieving. Um, and, and certainly it doesn't even have to be from COVID, but grieving over the holidays can be very, very difficult as well. We do know that on average, every person who dies leaves behind a minimum of three to five people to grieve. And and one of the ways that, that some are coping is writing longer obituaries or, or maybe speaking out and telling their loved ones stories. Dr. Susan Cadell is a professor of social work and an expert on grief with the University of Waterloo. Dr. Cadell joins me this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, your area of work because I think when, when we talk about grief, you know, I think a lot of people have something in their mind of what grief is and what grieving is, but um, I, <laughs> until you're in there and you're dealing with it, you, you know that there's no, you know, game plan. Grief has its own way of showing up when it wants to, and some days you can feel fine or some minute you can feel fine, and the next minute, you you know, it's, it's like your world has been turned upside down. It, it is really fascinating. So I'm curious to know what, what, how has COVID changed the way we grieve? Oh, well, that's a big question. I, I, um, I'm not sure that COVID has changed the way that we experience grief on an individual level. What COVID has changed is our ability to gather. And mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, definitely it's changed in that there is so much more grief because grief is not just about people dying, but it's it's about all kinds of losses. And we've had so many losses, like the ability to send our children to school or go to work ourselves or go outside easily, hugging people, attending funerals. Those are all things that, that we grieve as losses, but they also are affecting our ability to experience grief on a social level. That's interesting because I think some people, when they're, you know, upset or really ticked off about maybe the restrictions that have been placed uh, on all of us, maybe they don't understand that it is, in fact, um, in part, we are grieving the loss of something that we held beforehand. Maybe that was the, the ability to travel. Maybe it was the ability to hang out with your grandkids. But that is grief, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that there's been a there's been a big uh, surge in interest in the topic of grief. I see people talking about it uh, in a new way, Uh, and it's it's an impression. I I haven't been able to back that up with any numbers, but certainly it's 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 an area that um, is is really uh, it's getting a lot more uh, interest, and people are talking about it more, which is great. 
So what are what are you hearing, Dr. Cadell? What are you hearing in those conversations uh, are around grief? Maybe the ones that you hadn't heard before. Well, I think I think the main thing is a simple acknowledgement that we all experience it and that it's not just about death, that it's about all kinds of losses and that it is that it is normal. I mean, one of the things that really persists around, there's a lot of myths around grief, and one that really persists is that there's stages and that there's a, there's a time limit. Um, and as, when we're talking about someone dying, another myth is that we shouldn't say, their, say the name of the person who's died. And while there are, are cultures where we don't use people's names, we can still talk about the people even if we're not saying their name. And I think it's really important that we all know um, that um, we we experience grief for many, many reasons, and we recognize it in ourselves so that we can talk to one another about it and talk to one another about the losses, about the feelings, and about all the ways that we can't support one another as we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, I'm wondering if, I mean, of course, you know, all of these deaths that uh, that that we've witnessed um, around the world here here at home, uh, from COVID and from from other things uh, as well during during all of all of this, and also what we've seen in long-term cares and long-term care settings and, and palliative settings, if all of that has contributed to. The, the surge and maybe this conversation. I mean, because this really has opened up and shone a spotlight on, on a number of things when it comes to, and of course we know that just not young people or old people pass away, but it, it shone a spotlight on, on, on some real things. I think a lot of people are, are, are finding finally some comfort or some strength to talk about uh, topics that have been um, maybe taboo before. You know, whether it's death and dying, about holding space, about end of life, about, you know, your 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 personal directives, all of that. I think that in, in part, this is if there is a good thing, this might, might be part of of that, that, that this conversation is around all of these important topics are happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I do. I do think that it has opened up, uh, opened up a space for people to talk about, uh, you know, sort of difficult conversations, as we might call them. I, I don't really want to make it, uh, to, you know, I don't really want to support the idea that it's difficult because I think we just need to do it more often. And that's why it's difficult is we're not doing it often enough. <laughs> so so how, how do we do it? How, how do we have those conversations? Well, I, I think it's, it's opening the space and trying and uh, trying to uh, start to recognize our own experiences and then recognizing that it's what I experience is different from what you experience, even if we've experienced the same loss. And so that when we, we open up a space for of people around us to um, to recognize that, but also to do it differently. So we're not, um, you know, I think it's really important that we know we don't impose anything on anybody else. Uh, so if I feel sad one day um, mm-hmm. or one moment, um, you you might not, and that's totally fine. Um, and we need to accept that in ourselves and in one another, and support that. And I think it, it, having the 
conversations and asking people asking people how they are and reaching out and offering um, offering services when people are grieving the the death of someone you know the the sort of the the um, the idea about you know people bringing over casseroles and you know <laughs> sort of old-fashioned things like that I mean that those are really wonderful things to do but we also need to open up conversations about those. Could I, would it be helpful if I brought over yeah. a casserole? And, and not just in the immediate, but in the weeks and the months following a death or a loss of any kind, that we mm-hmm. reach out and ask those questions and, and, and ask people if they want to talk about whatever their loss is. So yeah, I think I think I think it's really important that we that we that we just give it a try. We might not have the right words, and we might we might not feel uh, comfortable, but we need to try it. Yeah, you know, it was uh, over over Christmas, and and a, and a, f- a friend of mine's father uh, passed away, and uh, you know, we'd been calling and, and and checking in, and and I called one night just to say, hi, we were thinking of you. He, he didn't answer the phone, but. I, I I got all weepy. I got I I broke down because I'm a bit of a, so, a softy, but my my heart hurts for them. But just even knowing, I think just you know picking up the phone call, picking up the phone and making the call was difficult. But in the end, I know it was the right thing to do, and the response back was thank you for thinking of us. And I mean, I think that goes a real long way. And people need to not be afraid, as you say, to to do that. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid just to say I'm thinking of you. What can I do? I think that is so important. I'm wondering. I'm wondering about this, Dr. Cadell, with with the way things have been in hospitals and the inability for some to to be there um, uh, for their loved ones um, during during their their illness, maybe whatever it is, um, and and you know at the end you know, end stage of, as well. I, I'm wondering about how that impacts and plays on 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 a survivor um given the fact i'm wondering if that there's a guilt there about that well i think that's that's the that's the worry absolutely where i think those of us uh who who research and study and and work with grief are all really concerned um about the long-term effects of not being able to you know be at someone's side not being able to say the things that we need to say at the end of life hear the things that we need to hear at the end of life and um you know i think there's there's a really big worry that uh, it's going to lead to grief that is more complicated um and you know only time will tell uh we don't we don't know yet there's a there's a lot of concern that 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 will happen but but we we don't really know and i think there's been so much effort to to avoid that you know people trying to make connections even if they're electronic you know yeah facetiming people i mean i think the circumstances are so exceptional yeah that we don't we don't really know and people people know that the circumstances are exceptional it's not just one-offs you know it's everybody it's the entire world and um so they're you know that may in some ways help other people to to know that they're not alone and it's not just them uh so but guilt is definitely one of the worries that uh, guilt can to can play into and make grief more complicated so before 
before I let you go, one of the yep. one of the the article that I quoted off the top, and 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 you were quoted in, it says we need to start to remember that in this super connected world that we live in, we've become disconnected. We need to remember that we're part of a community, and we need to understand that part of the community is going through some very very heavy loss right now, and we just need to be kind to each other. It sounds so simple, doctor. Be kind to each other, but for some reason it. Um, seems to be difficult absolutely and i think i think there's an aspect of of social media that you know a a cancel culture that is Mm -hmm. allowing us to be less kind to one another but there's also amazing kindness on social media and that we need to we need to reach beyond that um and we need to uh be uh be there for one another in whatever way that is and and be kinder and and that would go a long way to uh, it wouldn't solve all of the problems because there's a lot of other problems that <laughs> kindness won't touch but mm. it would it, it would be a, a step in the right direction Doctor, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon, and thank you for uh, providing some 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 great advice and and um, some food for thought as we continue to move through all of this. I appreciate your time. Thank you, and thank you for advancing the conversation. That's really important. All the best, Doctor Susan Cadell, joining me this afternoon. She is a a professor of social work and an expert on grief with the University of Waterloo. It's